Hello and welcome to the Michael T. Justice Podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you would like to respond to any of the things you hear, please hit me up here on Anchor, or at Twitter, at Michael T. Justice, or Facebook, Michael T. Justice. I know it's not my responsibility, but if it ain't me, then who the hell's it gonna be? Because they did what they did a long time ago, and then they let it just go with the flow, and it's getting farther and farther behind. So we gotta hit rewind, put the train back on the track. Come on, help me. Help me support the black. We gotta. All right, I just want to talk about this blackface thing because I had several conversations in my personal life and I I know a lot of white people. And uh, so I want to cut some slack because I don't, one of my biggest problems with the world right now, with this country right now, is our complete and utter lack of historical knowledge. Like, we just don't even know stuff that we should know. Like, a lot. I mean, that's why I want to do a podcast in large part, because there's just so much that goes unremembered. I mean, when I did my radio show, I used to just talk about my problem is I remember stuff and then people move on and they don't remember and that so I mean it's so that is what the way it is so I will cut you some slack that you don't understand that you didn't know about Amos and Andy or I guess not Amos and Andy because they were actual black people playing the role of the minstrel shows which were white people in blackface pre-slavery it was actually kind of a a sales job for slavery it was a let's go and show these white people in the north that slaves kind of like slavery I mean look at them even though it ain't really them it's people with white people with black face on going well I do love sitting down here I get to pick masses cotton and you know obvious crap but that's what they did and then you don't remember it and you don't know so do I hold you accountable for what you don't know now as these conversations have been you know I think I saw something where uh, oh what's his name the paper or the website that Glenn Beck has uh, the blaze had an article I didn't even read it but it 
It said, actually I saw two different ones in one of my little news feeds and it tells you what art, you know, the article headline and where it's whatever website or news thing it's from and I think I saw two of them from the Blaze. One talking about uh, a thing where Jimmy Kimmel did something in black, like he got all shoe polished up to play like a basketball player for some skit. And I guess <laughs> his girlfriend at the time, maybe, I don't even know. I know at one time they were together. Uh, but Sarah Silverman apparently did some blackface skit as well. Now, here's the thing. Here, if you, if you make a joke about somebody, something, I don't know, it's, it's, I kind of feel like I'm saying this over again. The quote-unquote political correctness is just being polite and not a dick. If you make jokes, like, I don't know, don't nobody tell Pollock jokes no more. Because people understand that that's just not acceptable so regardless of if you know the history or not the fact that somebody especially a black person tells you that this is offensive that you should be like okay I see that because it's not that hard to analogize analogize I mean, I just did it with Pollock jokes. I made the mistake the other night. We were going to the football game and and uh, at the high school, and I told my wife, you know, I would just let her out. Then she was driving, and I said, well, here, why don't we just go up by the front, and we can do a Chinese fire drill, and I'll hop in, and you can go in, and I'll go find a parking spot. And she said, nah, I don't think we're going to say that anymore. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't said that in forever. I'm not attached to, oh, my God, you're not going to take this away from me. <laughs> but it makes sense, because what is the implication? I don't know what it is exactly, but it sure as hell implies that Chinese people gotta do something and just no find another a clown car analogy or something I don't know but to get all bent out of shape because you don't get to say something or do something that is offensive well that's why you lose your job now that's Megan Kelly I mean, uh, Tom, not Tom, who's the dude that was in Cheers? Ted Danson. He was dating Whoopi Goldberg. And he got a bunch of heat because he went to some party in blackface. Robert Downey Jr. did a movie where he, I don't know if he was playing a white guy playing a black guy or if he was just a white guy playing a black guy. 
And this was like 10 or 12 years ago. Maybe not even that long. But I remember that there was a little bit of, what the hell? And then the movie didn't do so good. And people just kind of figured, cut that nonsense out. When I was in high school, there was a play, uh, a movie called Soul Man. I think that was the name of it. Where C. Thomas Howell. Now here you get into the subtlety of this. And I'm not saying C. Thomas, this was C. Thomas Howell's. I don't even know if it was the idea behind the movie to be some anti-civil right or anti-affirmative action thing. But it was this movie where he was, well, he's C. Thomas Howell, he's a white kid. And he uh, wanted to go to college and he couldn't get in because his grades, I think it was like his grades weren't good enough or something. And so he wrote down that he was black and then he put on blackface to go to the school and all this stuff. And, uh, it was, I don't remember there being a whole lot of controversy about it, but can I explain something to you? The reason there was less controversy about some of these things that I just talked about versus today Let's go back to the minstrel shows. Do you think black people were offended by these people playing, portraying them as happy-go-lucky slaves? They probably were. They didn't have the right or authority or ability to speak out. Maybe Frederick Douglass was running around, but I think he had bigger issues to fry. And I made this comment a couple days ago. We're in a compounding society. So you got to compound that stuff. You add it up and just let it keep going. Because it was okay. It was something that they did. And then it becomes a tradition. Then it becomes a this and a that. And the next thing you know, people are like, why can you take this away from us? We've been doing it for so long. And why you weren't upset about it before. Why are you upset now? We were upset. You didn't give a fuck. So we would like to think that maybe now you do. That maybe now you can see that what you do that offends another person. This is a Christian nation, right? That's what they're supposed to do, right? I mean, the Bible says, Paul says, if it offends your brother, don't fucking do it. I think it says that. Whether it's about how you cut your hair, whether it's about how you eat meat or not, or drink wine or not, and wear blackface or not, or tell Pollock jokes or not. When the crystallization comes to you that, oh, that's offensive, then stop. That simple. Because the only other option is to be a dick. And to just say, I don't care. If it offends you, so what? And it was easy to say to a slave or a black second class citizen. Or a woman or a Polak. You know, because you're 
uh, these things come from Now you'll have people say, well, I started to say, see, I hate self-editing myself, but I started to say these things come from a place of power, but then you'll go, no, 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 it's not power because you tell white jokes, and if you tell white jokes, then why you get away with telling white jokes? Well, I probably shouldn't tell white jokes. Like the Wayans brothers did a white face for a movie called White Girls. Stupid. Never watched a frame of the movie have no intention of ever watching the movie, was not offended that they wore whiteface. I think their point, the point in that movie was that the white girls got a deal. <laughs> and I think there's some truth to that. Now that was also the point behind the C. Thomas Howell movie that I talked about earlier, the C. the Soul Man from the eighties, because he was like, "Hey, blacks are getting a deal. I'll pretend to be black, and it's not a deal." Because as I mentioned earlier, we live in a compounding society, right? Like. You outlawed the ability for children of color, black people, to read. You make it against the law to teach them to read. You make it against the law for them to read, to, to congregate, to teach each other, all of that stuff. And then let that run for a couple hundred years. Just compound that. And then you'll say, well, nobody uh, did, uh, makes it against the law for blacks to read now. But you've done this thing that has created a divergent gap. And that is my obsession at the moment is how to re reverse the effects of that. That is my biggest thing right now. Because I do not believe that blacks are inferior to whites. I do believe that blacks have received an experience in this country that has left them or segments of the people in a terrible space. I was listening to a guy yesterday on, on YouTube because I saw an inspirational quote that came across and so then I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and saw an interview with him and he's apparently this guy that uh, managed Steve Harvey. Was a, 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 a great story. Check it out. Rashawn McDonald, I think it's R-U-S-H-I-O-N. But he was talking about, he was this, this kid that grew up in the hood, much like myself. And I, I, I've got this piece that I did a while back before I found this app. And I was like, man, I, I started recording 
some stuff and and um I'm gonna root through my uh phone and find that and get that up on uh up maybe even today but I remember going through this and and talking about in my heart I feel like I abandoned the community. And I kind of mentioned it in in a conversation a couple weeks ago when that guy walked up to me at the at the restaurant and uh you know I told him I said I got the hell out. I want to go back and help the community now. But I had to get out. When I think about all the shit I went through, where I was, bullying by black people who didn't like the fact that I was part white. The sexual abuse, which was just part of, I guess part of America. That's just a thing we're going to have to come to grips with too. But that's another topic altogether. But that was embroiled in there. And then the the lack of, you know, just so much, man. Getting crap because I spoke clearly or because I read or because I, you know, and going through because it was made the impression was given or received, the message was received by a fair amount of people that I was acting white to be doing my homework and to be reading and to be learning and trying to answer the questions and trying to know things. And that is not white. That's just human. That's how the black men of Africa walked out of Africa and populated this damn planet because they had that desire to know and to explore and to see. So that's a human thing, not a white thing. But the message had been transmitted that you act in white if you do these things. So that's what I want to reverse is to get that message cut off. And that message was given. That was a piece of code that was put into the program. And see, when you fail to know the history and the code I'm talking about is the stuff like you can't read you you it's against the law for you to read that is a white thing they called them the black codes I mean it was a piece of coding for the programming of black people and then you compound that with time and you find yourself where you are now. 
And many, many, many people have made their moves out. And I was talking about this Rashawn McDonald. Uh, I think it's McDonald. I don't know. I'll find his name and put it in the description here. But he was talking about, he made the comment. The guy asked him, he said, so, so what made your success? And he talked about, I had to get out of the hood. I had to leave. Because you can't dream. You got to go somewhere else to dream and then bring the dream back. And I don't know if I've, how much I've spoken about this, but I'm married to a white woman. My children are further mixed, they look white. One of them blonde hair, blue eyed. The other one, I don't know. You could think he was something else, but you probably wouldn't put black in there. You probably say he was some kind of something. I don't know. If you were such so inclined, but I was having a conversation with my blonde hair, blue eyed boy, and I tell my kids all the time that this world is not right. And I tell those kids that they are black. And I tell those kids that when I see it, I tell them what's going on and show them what where these things are happening and that it's their job to fix it. And what I told my son the other day, I said uh, something to the effect of, you know, it's not going to get fixed in my lifetime. I got to do everything I can. But it's not going to get fixed in my lifetime. And you're going to have to carry that torch. You're going to have to make inroads. You know, I told him about a line in the Everlast rap uh, know what it's like I think it's called where where the, the guy says uh, there's a line in there where he says you know where it ends usually depends on where you start and I have made great strides in my life and yet I still feel like a failure because I'm 50 years old and I don't have a bunch of stuff that I probably should have. And I'm sure that, you know, it, it, there's a combination of my own moral failings <laughs> and some of this programming that I'm talking about that have led me to make some failures or some... I don't know. I am an admitted underachiever. I could be so much more if I had had a better foundational support. So I'm trying to give the best I can to my kids. And I know what I'm giving my kids ain't. 
what I would want to give them. I would want to give them such a much, so much more rich experience, not rich money wise, but experience wise. But as I told my son, you know, I had a conversation. I've got a friend that, uh, He's got a son that's he's much, much older now, but back in it's been about ten or twelve years ago, I was talking with him, and he was i think still in high school or just finishing high school, and I was talking to him and I live in Kansas City is a metro area that's pretty it's spacious, it's spread out, it's not dense like a lot of cities, but I think. I think I read somewhere one time that Kansas City, the metro area, is as big as, like, L.A., but, like, with a tenth of the people. We got, like, one and a half million people in Kansas City. But I was talking with this kid about how me and his dad used to, when we were in school, we we'd go like on buses and we just, you know, we would skip school and go uh, traveling all over the city and, you know, going and doing things. And uh, even though we were skipping school, we were getting an experience, I think, because we went to some places that we didn't know existed. Like the suburbs and the malls clean streets and we saw something that made me say no why do I not get this and somewhere around 19 or 20 years old I got the hell out I didn't go far just across the state line, really. I didn't even go across the state line at first. Hell, I didn't move to Kansas till in 2000. So, 2001. So, I spent a whole lot of time living in the plaza and other areas of the city that are less, I was the diversity, if you will. But, because I felt like I deserved some better things. And not deserve like I'm better than the people who live in those places. And I remember a scene that will definitely be in my biography about well, I, I my mother sent me some money one time because she had lived she lived in Florida before she died and um When she sent some money to me and uh, some money to take to my brother who still lived in the, you know, we went different paths because <laughs> we grew up in a hood that was just a hood, you know, it was just, you know. Like, uh, it was just a hood. And then uh, 
like I said, I got the hell out and moved to the plaza, which is like a white, white area. And, uh, you know, just, I just like dove into like trying to go to college and doing this and then working when I left college, I went to work and then trying to be a yuppie or whatever you, they call them now. And, uh, my brother went a different direction and he ended up, he ended up going to jail at one point, but he was living in the projects when I, my mother sent me this money and I didn't have a car. And so I was in college and was actually in this church group and I asked a friend and I actually, she lives not too far from here now and has kids and everything. And her kids were in this play that I went to see. And, um, but she, uh, gave me a ride to take my brother this money. And in order to do that, we had to cross Troost. And if you lived in Kansas City, and I know most cities are like this, because America is still segregated. But in Kansas City, Troost is this street that, you know, they call, where black people live, they call the east side. They live on the east side of Troost. And it's like a magical line that just, like, almost to this day, it shifted a little bit, but almost to this day. But definitely, when I was growing up, you knew that once you crossed truce, it was, you know, you stood out. <laughs> you definitely stand out. And they're watching you. And so anyway, my friend took me over to my brother's house to give him this money. And uh, we were coming back and we were driving and I must have been 21, two, somewhere in there. And uh, she grew up in the lily white suburbs of Lee's Summit and Liberty, which are two very, two different areas within Kansas City, but they are both very white. Um, and I remember her, and she's a beautiful, sweet person. And it was completely out of ignorance. Because she was driving, and she was like, Wow. And I remember her looking from side to side as we drove through the neighborhood. And she was like, why do people live here? Why don't they just move? Like, why don't they move over where we are? Like, and it's like, it's not that simple. I'd say, Lisa, they can't. They, they, they can't move. I hadn't even really come to grips at that point in my life. I didn't know I was on the run. I mean, you got to get out and you got to get out. You can't. Because it started, I was, you know, I was going to get things together and get back in school and get my GED and then go to college and or, well, get my diploma and then go to college. And, you know, I just could not get away from the bad influences. And so I had to, like, seal myself off, like, not talk to people. 
in order to become somebody different, And I don't know if um, when I say somebody different, I don't know fully what I did. Because one of the things this Rashawn McDonald dude said, he's like, well, I had to get out, but don't lose yourself. And I kind of think maybe I did lose myself. I mean, I didn't. Well, part of my problem <clears throat> is I don't have a self, as it were, right? I don't have, like, my my biography will be entitled Tangled Roots. Because I don't know, I mean, there's so much of, of my history that is just, uh, like, I remember from being a kid that my thought was that I'm going to be like the patriarch of a family. And I don't know that I'm building that fully right now. I mean, I don't know that my kids will be bringing their kids back to me. And I mean, I'm sure my kids will still be. But I don't know. I was kind of thinking when I was thinking patriarch, I was thinking like, you know, a family estate. Like, like boom. But I that didn't materialize in that way. But I got my boys and my boys love me and I love my boys and they know that I love them. And I... I guess I kind of even chose I I just want to say I you know where it ends usually depends on where you start so I made it a point to start my boys out of there And I will try my damnedest to make sure they appreciate who they are and where they come from or that piece of their roots that is in me. But I really don't regret not having my kids grow up in a school that doesn't have, you know, all of the things that my kids' schools have. I mean, I just don't regret that. Because I I feel like genetically I have moved the ball forward. And I don't mean because I got a white woman. <laughs> I just thought about that. I mean, my seed is not starting out on 39th and Prospect. My seed is starting out in Johnson County, in a middle class, first ring suburb. And I hope I'm teaching them not to be 
arrogant little snobs. We don't live in some gigantic house that I don't know. Seems to me like it would breed a certain <laughs> sense of entitlement and and uh, whatnot. But I'm just kind of rambling at this point. I mean, this is why I'm trying to bring myself into a state of battle. with history because I feel like I had to get out to save myself I've now planted my feet to some degree I am by no means stable I'm dealing with stuff all the time but I am in a better position and it has allowed me to put my kids in a better position. And so now it's time for me to reach back and try to affect the structure that made it a requirement almost for me to get out. And I say requirement because I really can't think of anybody I mean if you know somebody please let me know somebody who went grew up in the hood made it to college and did the whole law degree or teaching degree or doctor or you know made themselves the next level and then just stayed where they were other than the ones that are like teachers and doctors and things that are trying to make it a better place right then and there. But if that's not what you're doing, I don't see how you stay there because there's so much swamp around that you get swamped. And so what you have to do is get out and then come back and try to affect that in a way that you can. And I don't know, my ideas are to ignore a lot of the other stuff and not as that they are not important. But that you but that hey thanks again for checking me out and hit me up on Facebook Michael T. Justice Twitter Michael T. Justice and of course here at Anchor FM you can leave a voice message and uh, I would love for any responses and um, requests.